episode, don't leave it to the judges podcast. I'm here, my main man Patty, broken skull, Patty. Yay, yay, and that's Patty with two D's, not two T's, and double C's. What are we talking about? Uh, this is the number four. We went down a little. No, that's fine. Sam's brother's aware. Went down in the rankings a little bit, and that's okay, dude. We got Michael Bisbing to compete with. Okay, we got Anthony Smith to compete with. There's a lot of people out there talking MMA. But boy, oh boy, is this the funnest show that you're ever going to get that is also MMA talk, right? It's a different show here. This is like the man show with real men with chest hair. You know what I mean? And faint eyebrows, at least in my case. Nonetheless, the ultimate fighter, guys. The ultimate fucking fighter's back. And the first thing I got to say about this is I got a lot of people on Twitter, not talking to me, but just simply posting about the weakness that Conor McGregor has in his legs. They are talking about how bad he's going to be in his future upcoming fight, no matter who it is. That leg's a problem. Now, I don't know what you believe, Sam, but I wholeheartedly disagree. There's also people that are saying, basically anybody versus Volkanovski, you're in trouble, right? Like This is a big deal, and that pissed me off too. I was like, let's remember, Volkanovski barely won against Holloway twice and then lost decidedly against Islam. Motherfuckers will still sit there and try to argue that this dude is something special. Sure, sure, he's an athlete. He's an athlete, but he's not a fighter. If he was a real fighter, wouldn't we get a little more finishes? What's the excuse? Didn't you used to be 240, right? Volkanovski was a big-ass boy, and you don't, you don't have the power to put away a 145-er, a 135-er, that's questionable to me. I'm curious. Where's where's the finishes? Yeah, I hear you, man. And, and people are only criticizing McGregor because they, they love to hate. They're, they're wanting him to uh, have his legs snapped. They you know He's got an uh, uh, army of people out there of haters that just are just rooting. They're watching the show, wanting him to... Uh, to his fighters to lose for him to have a fight with Michael Chandler, Michael Ch and get knocked out. That's what that's what people want to see. A lot well, of the thing, the thing that it boiled down to for me, you know, encompassing everything that I do outside of even just this show is most of the internet, dude, are agents of chaos. Okay, they literally just want to watch the world burn. Period. They got nothing better to do. And you know what? I think we'd all pull up a chair and roast some marshmallows at this point, right? Fuck it. But when it comes to the internet, their goal is to somehow speed up the process of the world burning, right? Like, that's their whole thing. And it's very uh, it's very dedicated work. We can say that. A lot of effort put in. But at the same time, look at the – look at it's like Triple C talking shit. Like, you don't have to. Let's just look at his credentials, right? You don't have to be cringe. We get it. Same thing with McGregor. What? You snapped your leg and all of a sudden now they found a weakness. Didn't you lose already? That's the part that forget. He already lost. Yeah. So to lean on this leg thing, why don't you do that with Anderson Silva? Chris Weidman. That should be the thing from now on, right? And also, you know, if you're lumping in these guys that should be losing, please don't let Al Jermaine get away with whatever his bullshit is because nobody still believes that. Please tell me nobody believes that shit. Don't show me a party. That's like fucking what's her face getting married with the belt on. So enjoy the pictures. I, I will say, man, uh, to start the show, McGregor came in just dressed to the nines as usual, just way fucking overdressed. Everyone's their gym shorts and shit. Michael Chandler's got his walk-on shirt. 
apparently when he went to college, he was like a, a walk on on the team or whatever. Yeah, they uh, said that in like the trailer, the opening shit. From a walk on to an icon. Yeah, it's uh, his own shirt. He's right, that copy. Branding trying to sell. But uh, man, I I, I kind of want your thoughts on this. Gregor got to pick. McGregor got uh, got to pick first, and uh, he went with the prospects. So I was, I was curious if you thought that was the right move. Or, like, who would you have picked if you had to pick? Well, I don't like that that was even the, the thing. Yeah, That's, it was what strange. A, what a waste. You're like, hey, here's all these guys that have never been in the UFC before versus all these guys that had an opportunity. And it was squandered. There was people better than you. When they showed Roosevelt Roberts getting knocked out by Ignacio Bahamad, I'm like, that fuck, remember him? Because I'm like, Roosevelt Roberts is a problem on the show. I'm, we're, I think yeah. you and I can both agree. Him and Kurt Holliball will be a problem. They're tough. You, good luck, boys. Okay? Because this, that's the difference with this show and any of the other Ultimate Fighters, aside from the ones where they brought back older UFC fighters to give them an, another chance, right? The difference here is you got these guys that are still young enough to really have a, a promising career in, in the UFC. They've ha- and they fought incredibly tough for competition. Shows before this, it was a guy versus a guy you never heard of. Like, this mm-hmm. guy fought in Michigan. This guy's from fucking Dallas. Yeah. You never see on TV, nothing. So then they fight, and you're like, oh, he has a fight against fucking Tyson Griffin. Oh, shit, that's a problem. Looks good on his fucking thing. Did he win? Probably not. My point is, is this show I, th- is how people I don't think Connor wins any fights. I don't think Connor's got anybody on his team that beats the veterans. I Like, in your head, that, that wouldn't even make sense. They're all new guys that don't understand this pressure. The the worst the worst outside of Roosevelt Roberts is Katona. The motherfucker won already. He won the whole thing already. Yeah, yeah, I know it's wild. So, and yeah, it's wild. He's um, I I can only think that McGregor, that McGregor picked these people just Dude. so he can mold them himself. I like that. I like McGregor being understanding his position in the sport. That's what it was. Him saying, I know who I am in this sport. I know what these motherfuckers want. The young guys want my advice. They want to learn from me. I change this shit. I get that. That's, there's a lot of ego in that, but there's a lot of pride as well. So it's got to be respected. You know what I mean? The problem is, for Chandler's team, you got all these guys who had been in the UFC before him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. They're More fights in the UFC than he has. And you know, some of them are going to end up having some big egos also. Okay. So there's really, there's the, that the veteran team has a, it's a squad of killers, dude. Okay. Kurt Hollaball, he scared the boy already. And stare down. Yeah. The guy wouldn't even look at his eyes. He's like looking to the ground. Where do you see that? Okay. Then you got Jason Knight. Uh, Hey man, good fucking luck. You better have something else than a, you better have. Here's the one thing: the only thing you need to 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 last in a fight with Jason Knight is a chin. If you ain't got a chin, you're in trouble, dude. He's beating you the fuck up. Roosevelt Roberts barely hit this kid, yeah, and stopped his MMA career right there. This son of a bitch ain't doing it ever again. That's what it you seems know? like. He was ready to go home. Looks it gets oh, a lot of people oh, behind him, encouraging him. In remember the hype video? He was the, he won the title and then he fucking lost. And then quit for two years. Mm-hmm. That's true. You're right. And then he comes back against a UFC veteran. 
Somebody who at least you and I could say that's a name. <laughs> Roosevelt Roberts, that's a name. We know him. How do you like the way his wife was acting on the uh, show? Dude's wife, he, he was like, hopefully you won't, uh, you'll be here when I get back. She's like, can't make any promises. <laughs> I know she was just joking, but Absolutely. God but damn, after man. That boss, like he quit. And then he even said, I wasn't out. I wasn't, but that was like seconds after he came back. I wasn't out. What the fuck power did Roosevelt have? <laughs> I, now, I like Roosevelt's story so much more. I like that in the beginning, he said he was doing it for money. He was just doing it for money. And when and then you go against a guy like Ignacio Bahamadas, you're like, the fucking this guy's he came out of the womb doing spinning kicks. I gotta change this shit up. But then you look at some of the finishes Roosevelt had, and you're like, for money? All day long, pay the man. Fucking nasty. That guillotine choke up against the fence where he like basically twisted the guy up like a clock. Beautiful work, dude. The the man guillotined a dude off his legs. <laughs> like that's a skinny bodied fella. That dude's never gonna be any thicker. But what have we said about those guys, Sam? They're the toughest. They're going to be the hardest opponents. But here's the thing. I do still believe there is a high chance that we're going to find a star on Connor's team. One of these boys has to shine, and it's not going to be that goofy son of a bitch that wore the robe. <laughs> right? The guy whose first thing <laughs> yeah. when he got in the house was, man, so glad to be a part of Connor's team, dude. Like his essence, like that's going to help me so much. Like the way he – like I knew his destiny. You're like you fucking idiot! I hope you get knocked the fuck out immediately. I don't don't even put that bitch on camera again. Yeah. Fucking goofy motherfucker! What? Like you're already leaning into the shtick that somebody else came up with? You're a loser. You're bound. Lo you're you're a destined loser. Because that, that's what he dude. Because that's what he said. He literally said, Sam, me being on this team, the things Connor could teach me will make me dangerous. <laughs> make me dangerous. And then he wears fucking riffraff glasses and a fucking bathrobe out to the thing. Like, hey, is this different? I'm Kimbo Slice, right? Like, I'm like the guy that stands out in the thing. Fucking losers, dude. But also, then remember, who, who's the other guy? The guy who lost the fight was like, yeah, we started our own gym. Oh, that, that and, was, uh, and I work at UPS. Yeah, Nate Jennerman. Yeah. So that is fine. See ya. Go. What do you mean? Take off. You're, you're fine. You need to work those hours, buddy. Four o'clock in the morning. Back to it. Yeah, back to the grind. Terrible. I do like that that Connor actually stood in there was sparring with his guys. You know, that I mean, was pretty cool. That's a thick man now. Connor's so fucking thick, dude. Like he already had these crazy wide shoulders and shit, and it's just it's meat. That's a meat man. He's made of meat, just piles of meat. <laughs> it's fucking weird. I'm gonna break up a little bit of news here. Uh first, the breaking news of the UFC naming the fight in a month, uh Dern yeah. versus Hill. Fight of the month. I don't know what they're trying to do. Well, what, they're just trying to spin, put a positive spin on this fight. We were saying this the last episode. They took this fight. It was very one-sided. Angela Hill, she got destroyed. She had a yeah. couple rounds where were scored 10 eights. I would imagine there's something that they're not telling everybody that has to do with the betting of that fight. It had to be one of the most one-sided main events in history has to be right yeah like the whatever the underdog i don't know how to even say that i don't know the verbiage to talk about betting but you get my point where it's like mackenzie dern was the the favorite by a mile and it wasn't close at all but anyway oh, really? uh the other thing i want to bring up uh sammy alvey okay so he fought in something called b2 fighting series over over the weekend and uh he faced a guy that was six and 13 whoa 
And, uh, you know, he hadn't won, and Sam Alvey hadn't won in a while. It, that This was his first win in his last ten fights. He beat the guy, and then when the fight was over, he went fucking crazy on a microphone. Called out the Paul brothers. Paul brothers, you're on the hook now. I'm coming after you. All kinds of shit, dude. Dude, chill out, man. You doing? <laughs> what are you doing? They don't know you. <laughs> like, <laughs> to bring that shit up, man. I thought it was just... I think you guys run in different circles. Possibly age groups, even. Yeah. There's no crossover fans. There's no guys that are like, yeah, Sam Alvey's my guy and Jake Paul. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, let's get into this card, man. This, uh, this card... Okay. Uh, this is great. Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna. When we get to the Tim Elliott thing, I got some stuff. But uh, let's let's go with uh, Elizu Zaleski. You know, tough names for both of these first guys, right? Abubakar. How how long did you practice these? Oh wait a minute, wait a minute. So the the first fight I got is uh, Felipe Lynn Maximum Christian. Okay, I yeah, went yeah. to the main card. My fault. Uh, <laughs> that was the opening right. fight for the main no, card. I, uh, I was starting to get worried because they did. Flip a no, bunch of fights yeah. around and shit. So we got a while before Tim time. Elliott. <laughs> I thought he was like the third fight on the prelims. <laughs> <laughs> so disrespectful. Yeah, you gotta you gotta watch the main card to see that damn. Yeah, he's he's one of the few like names in the division. You know what I mean? Even though he's you know he doesn't do a lot, but let's go with Felipe Lins, Max and Grisham. Both these guys, weird bodies. You know, they look like other fighters in the UFC. It's like the UFC has a factory where they cloned Paul Felder, and that's Max and Grishin, and then Felipe Lins is Ben Askren. You know, they put them, they're like, they give them different body and different muscles and adjust the face a little bit. But I think Felipe Lins is a problem. I think the guy's got power that just comes out of nowhere. Uh, he doesn't, he doesn't come across aggressive. You know what I mean? Like I, I think he's well, uh, patient. He's well timed. Uh, Max and Grishin doesn't either. But I feel like if anybody in this fight is willing, willing to make the mistake first, it's probably going to be Grishin. So, dude, man, I agree 100%. And, uh, you know, if I had to choose a fighter, it'd be Linz because of his power. I mean, he knocked out St. Preux in 49 seconds. But both That's of these guys, they both were in the PFL. Uh, they, they, Linz was 4-0 and in the PFL. Uh, maximum 4-0 and 2 draws in the PFL. They come out there to come to the UFC. Now they're both 2-2 two and two in the UFC. Like, these guys are on, like, the same path. So it's about time they meet up, and uh, yeah, I give the power advantage to to Linz. And you're exactly right. It's like he uh, it doesn't when he's fighting, he doesn't look like he's got a lot of power, but he seems to land. And uh, you know, both of these guys have been knocked out a lot in their career. That's the only thing. So this could be anybody that lands first type Armor. of situation because Linz has been knocked out four times, and. Uh, Grishin has been knocked out three times. So. Well, I, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I think Grishin is very kick heavy. I think he's very leg heavy. It sets up a lot of the punches from the kicks or vice versa. Either way, I see a lot of kicking in his game. Of course, you see that from a lot of guys that have this many fucking fights. You know, they're, they're, they'll, they'll be patient. They'll look for their shots. They'll pick their spots. But Felipe Linz does that, but I think he does it faster. And that's another advantage he's going to have. He's just going to find the timing a lot quicker. He's going to be able to get in a lot faster and probably avoid any damage. All right. So the, DeMond Blackshear and Bantamweight Belt versus Luan Lacerda. All right. Blackshear, eight submission wins. He's never been finished, even though he is 12-5-1. He did just lose to Farad uh, Bajarat. 
but dude, I mean that's I, that's no uh, no shame on that. No, the thing is, back before he was in the UFC, he did lose uh, to Chris uh, Matano. I'm not sure I'm saying that. That guy with the pink fucking hair. You know, you know I hate that guy. I can't stand that guy because he's just like Angela Hill. Where, oh man, he look how t- he could just give up right now, but he hasn't given up. He's really tough. Well, just because you don't give up doesn't mean you can fucking fight. Right. Uh, Luan, 10 submission wins. He's coming off the a loss to, to Cody Stamen. Uh, and that was his UFC debut. I mean, what the hell of a UFC debut to, to have to face uh, Stamen. He had won his previous 10 fights. So, yeah, I, I would pick Luan in this fight. Yeah, I like that too. Definitely. Uh, we do have to give Blackshear, like like he said, sort of, is uh, the benefit of the doubt due to the fact that you know, the the level of fighter he faced when he first came on the scene, it's, that would have been tough for anybody, truth be told. I think both, what, Bashram, right? That's yeah. the name, ba- Bash. What were, they're brothers, right? There's yeah, two yeah. of them. The Farad, this was the Farad guy. Yeah. And they're both a fucking threat. Yeah. You know I mean? Like, to the, to the top 10, I think. These guys are very talented. Um, So, yeah, we'll see. Does Daman show up? Does he do something different? But like you said, with Lacerda coming in, Winning that many fights in a row, you got to give him some credit too. This could be a, this, both of these fights opening this card very fun. And then we got the fight that should have opened the card. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Elise Reed, she's lost two of her last three. Uh, Jin Yu Fry, who has uh, lost four of her last six. Okay, neither neither of these women have a finish in the UFC. So this is definitely going to a decision. And I don't think anybody cares who wins. No. I mean, where Jin Yu uh, Fry is 11 and 8. I mean, where do you go from there? I have to imagine a lot of fights that are happening at the Apex are contract fights. Get them out of this contract. You're, yeah, you're at the end. This is your last chance. Make it count. You might get another two fights. You know what I mean? Then you're then those guys that get those contracts should be more willing to fight. You know what I mean? You're signing to fight up against anybody that's offered, yeah. and you're putting everything on the table when you're out there. And you just don't see that a lot of times. You see guys that are like, I don't give a fuck, and yet it's like, <laughs> no, you really are fighting to eat, bro. I agree. And not only that, but you know, this is your chance to, to showcase yourself for the last time. So even if the UFC doesn't doesn't re-sign you, you can Make go to Bellator and be like, look what happened in our my last fight in the UFC. Good fucking point. It's a good point. It's a resume. It's a visual resume that you can prove yourself. You know, Greg Hardy's in the BKFC or some shit now, right? Like, it's, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You get my point, though, where it's like you proved yourself uh, amongst the elite man to a certain degree. Look at who we have. They brought Ryan Bader in on the Ultimate Fighter so he could finally see what it's like to wear UFC merch again. <laughs> uh, this okay. next fight, dude, this was like a last uh, second change. Jamie Malarkey versus, and there's no way I'll say his name. It's like, uh, Muhammadjan, name of, name of, I don't know. Does it even show you that on ESPN? I I think you look at ESPN. I I look at... uh, I'm just on Google. Sure, dog. Oh, okay. Just type it on Google and it just shows you, you know, upcoming and previous UFC events. And right, it's, there's so much, Sam, that it it cut off. (laughs) You know what I mean? From the first name. (laughs) So... It's a black and white photo too. That I think that says a lot about guys. They're definitely new. We should start trying to pay attention to that. He, he just got in this fight. 
like the ones that don't have pictures and the ones that have black and white pictures. There has to be a reason that they do that. But uh, yeah, this guy's fighting Jamie Malarkey, and I feel like this is the reason I brought up contract fights because I feel like Malarkey's on his way. You're done. You better prove. You better <laughs> do something because what is he? Uh, one and two or some shit right now. Well, he, he has actually won four of his last five. So. Okay, so he's okay. So he's lost one. Was that wasn't his last fight? It was the previous, right? He went three, lost one, then won again. Yeah, he's um. All right, so he won. He won two, lost, and then he's won his next two. His one four, four of his last five. Yeah, I mean, he lost to Jalen Turner, but he, you know. Okay. Yeah. And but before then, he did lose his his two before then. So. You know, so, his UFC yeah, record yeah. Is so they straight. they recontracted him. They gave him another contract. He's four and three in the UFC. I bet, I bet he's on two fight contract. They give him two. That's why it keeps going two, win, two, win, you know, two, lost, two. Uh, but yeah, he was a guy that came in for me that was like very stoic. He had this this slow motion about him, but he was, you know, a lightning rod. He would snap on you. You'd get hit with these shots. These combinations would come from nowhere. And... I don't know. I feel like maybe the Jalen Turner loss fucked him up. That was a different. Jalen's huge for the division. You know what I'm saying? That's a problem. And yet, Malarkey went in there, signed the contract, and tried to do his best. You know, now he's fighting some guy named Muhammad with a bunch of other letters. And <laughs> those guys are scary, right? Like a guy named Steve Smith, not as intimidating as a guy with letters in the name that no one else has. You know what I mean? There's a Z, a K. Why there might be a zero, I don't know, but those guys are threat, they're threats because it's like, where did you train? You know what I mean? What were you doing? Throwing boulders off of a cliff? I don't, you know what I mean? These guys are monsters. Uh, Jamie's tough as nails, dude. He is in a position for me in my head where it's like, if he could win a couple more in a row, if he doesn't win, get a title shot or get to top 10 or anything, gatekeeper position for a guy like this is worthy because any up and coming fighter facing Jamie Malarkey is gonna, it's gonna be a fight. He yeah, will fight the shit out of you. Yes, he will. <laughs> uh, uh, he had, you know, he should easily win this fight unless he gets caught. He has been knocked out three times, but uh, I don't see it. Th- this guy that's coming in here is like last minute. I mean, this is like late breaking change, less than a week before the fight, and uh, he was on the contender series before. Actually, you know, you know how it goes. Going to contender series, you lose. They still keep you in the back pocket. Uh, to keep an eye on you, but he was—he fought uh, Colin Anglin and lost a decision on a contender. Then he went to Titan FC and lost his next fight. But uh, then he—he's won his pre- previous three fights. You know that guy—that guy he lost to in uh, Titan FC. It just looked up. He's six and one. Warrior of God, Oliver Marad. <laughs> anyway, but uh, yeah, man, he's gonna have a tough task for him. And you know, even if you lose that contender series. Go on, you're on audition. You know, they know your name and anything you do after a contender series, if you don't get picked, is an audition for the UFC. So, you know, don't get discouraged. All right, next fight, Bantamweight bout. We got Sexy Mexi, John Castanda. Castaneda. 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 Against. I'm not helping with this one. (laughs) (laughs) It could be Moon, Mune, Moon, Mune, Gafarov. Gafarov, I like that. Right. Uh, so yeah, this this uh sexy Mexi man, he came in, uh, he was doing great, and then now he's two and two in the UFC. 
He just coming off a knockout loss uh, to Santos in his last fight. Eight knockout wins, six submissions. Uh, he has been knocked out twice. And, and this uh, Gafarov guy, he's never been finished. He's 18-4. and four. Uh, He had a split decision loss in the Contender Series. Chad Ang- Angler. Now he's won two in a row by knockout in LFA. He's a Sambo guy. So it's going to be hard for a sexy Mexican to get him to the ground, you would think. So, uh, yeah, man, how is Mexi after his, his knockout loss after the last fight? Uh, we'll see if he can rebound. Uh, I'm sorry. I wasn't listening to anything else that you said there after you called him sexy Mexi. Because there's no way a guy, the guy, a, guy, a guy that's 5'5 five, five doesn't call himself sexy Mexi. His coaches didn't give him this nickname. Nobody in fighting would be like, you know what's a good fight name, dude? Sexy Mexi. Like, wait. Huh? I think that shit died with Sean McCorkle. Right? That motherfucker's big sexy or whatever. Big sexy Sean McCorkle. And you're like, not sexy at all. You're fucking strange looking. Like an alien. Straight up like an alien. Remember that fucking dude? Google Sean McCorkle right now. He looks like a fucking goldfish. Yeah, I remember that. I, I, no disrespect. I'm sure he's gotten these jokes. I appreciate that, man, because he's a huge, uh, huge fan of Brendan Schaub and P.F. Changs. Yeah, an actual real fighter who's actually decently funny. Maybe he did call himself Big Sexy because it's like, I do gel my hair at least. You know what I mean? Brush my teeth. <laughs> Fucking what else can I do? Uh, let's go, dude. I got this All one. Right. Uh, Andre Arlovsky. You guys might have nerd that name fucking 25 years ago, too. Uh, versus Dante Mays. Dante Mays, 9-5 with one no contest. Andre Arlowski, what do you think? 34-12? No. 34-21-0. and 0. Yeah, man. He's, uh... The thing about Arlowski, you know, he was a big-time knockout guy. He's got 17 knockouts. He's been knocked out 11 times. And he used to come in swinging. But now he's reinvented himself as more of a point guy. Uh, he's the gatekeeper of the heavyweight division. And his last actual finish was in, back in 2015. I mean, that's like hard to believe. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah. Mays, he does have an 81-inch reach to Orlowski's 77-inch reach. Uh, he's a straight boxer. And unfortunately, I don't think that bodes well for Orlowski because he is susceptible to, to, to getting knocked out. His jaw seems like it's been better lately. But uh, Mays, he's, he's coming off a... Decision loss to Augusta Sakai, and uh, it depends on how he fights. I think if he goes in charging, he can put Olaski away. If he, if he, if not, he'll just be grinded down. Yeah, so. that's what I was gonna say. I don't think Dante Mays has that type of a, a fight style where he's going to be aggressive. Boxers are lethargic; they wait for their shots. They're point fighters. You know what I'm saying? They do, of course, look for the knockout, especially in the heavyweight division. They got the power; it's always there. But I feel like. If our, for Arlowski to win this fight, he has to not only avoid the shots, but he has to counter. He can't just run away. He has to point. He has to point back. The guy wants to get hit. He wants to hit. So this, you're ducking up against the fence, avoiding shots, only lasts for so long before the referee's like, "You're not defending yourself properly. Throw a fucking punch, dude. What are you doing? Circle out. Do something else." And Arlowski, he doesn't have a bad tendency in falling into that. But I feel if you push him up against the cage, you have a, a great advantage. So if Dante Mays does put the pressure on him, get him up against the fence, he will 
either tire himself out by wasted punches, you know what I mean, or he'll he'll get a finish. You know what I mean? Arlovsky's not going to get knocked out, but I think he, he we've seen him get beat down. You know what I mean? Where it's like fucking, all right, dude, I'm out. I'm out. Get away from me, you know? Uh, but yeah, Arlovsky's a fucking legend. You can't ever forget the name, but you do miss the glory days. But you have to appreciate the fact, like Sam said, you know, the guy is fighting different now. He has adjusted. He's at a different camp. He's been working with Mike Brown for a long time, and it makes you wonder what Mike Brown is teaching him, what Mike Brown is telling him, how, how he should fight. And I think it is more of a longevity thing. You want to just keep doing this, dude. You you are Arlovsky is already a, a fucking legend. No he's one 44. will ever question that, even if he never wins again. But the fact that he's still pushing it, it gives hope to other guys, right? Yeah, he's 44. I mean, that's a... You know, and he's got no gray in his beard, bro. You know what I mean? Let's go. <laughs> All right, Johnny Santos. Munoz versus Daniel Santos. Or Daniel, what is it? Santos. Uh, he, he beat up the Sexy Mexi in his last fight. <laughs> okay, what do we know about Johnny Munoz? Uh, So, all right. Johnny Munoz, two knockout wins, seven submission wins. And uh, I just got here that he's fought better competition but hasn't beaten he's fought better competition but hasn't beaten better competition in the UFC. So uh yeah man I'm going with Santos. I didn't I didn't write a whole lot down on this one. But uh, uh Santos he looked good over that win over the sexy Mexi and uh yeah I, I don't see I don't see Munoz Jr pulling it out. Like as I let me go to his opponents and explain what I was saying about he's fought he's fought better competition than Santos. All right, so he's fought uh, uh, Nathan Manis, loss. Tony Gravely, knockout loss. But like I said, he hasn't beaten those guys. The only yeah. people he's fought in the UFC that he's beaten, Jamie Simmons, Ludovic Salone, that the guy is basically a fucking wrestler. Yeah. So. I don't know, man. Like I said, contract fight. High probability. Yeah. I mean, it, it depends too. Can he get Daniel Santos on the ground? You know the guy's got seven submission wins. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of picture that. You know, at least taking place once or twice. It's a matter of how it's handled. There's going to be some wild punches in this. It could be a fast fight. It could be a short night for somebody. Depends on who wants it more, man. It could be. It, and the the reason I didn't think that was going to be the case is because uh, uh, John Castaneda, he usually tries to get people on the ground, and and it wasn't successful with Santos, so. All right, my gosh. All right, the next fight. Let me figure out where I am here since they screwed up the order. All right. It's like a Bubakar Narmagomedov versus... Elizu, maybe? Elizu Zaleska DeSantos. All right, so Dos Santos versus Narmagomedov. Both these guys are kind of old, man. One's 36, one's 33. They're both 5'9", evenly matched, dude. Uh, what's the relation, this Nurmagomedov here? Any information on being from the same camp? Is he a cousin? Because if so, and I can only imagine, then it's it's a ground game for this man for sure. 17-3-1, hefty record where Dos uh, Santos, 23-7. All right, he's been around and he's not got a hell of a bad record, you know, 23 and 7 is pretty damn good. But when you're fighting a guy who probably, I don't know if Sam has confirmed yet, but if this guy's wrestler, just be ready, dude. It's like a thousand pounds just on your chest the whole fight. 
It's not that entertaining, but <laughs> you he's gotta do something. He's a Sambo boys. guy from Dagestan. Dagestan. Yep, we go. Even if he's not related, they train at the same place. He knows the moves. You know, I don't see anything here about him being related, but I mean, I know he's in the camp with Khabib because he involved in the in the fight with uh, Khabib McGregor. Uh, oh man! So. so a lot of these guys could have had a career a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was suspended for a year after yeah. that. Makes sense. Like, all right, what's uh, his name? Nurmagomedov. All right, what's his name? Nurmagomedov. Yeah. Son of a shit. What a... Are you related? Nope. What? He's a three-time combat bronze medalist. Well, that's, here's the thing. Com- Saying shit like that about, you know, guys like Khabib and coming from that camp is saying it today is like saying that the Gracie uh, jiu-jitsu is still unstoppable. You know what I mean? Like this guy's record 17-3-1. So all your Sambo awards and shit, this is MMA, dog. Get kicked in the head. Yeah. Apparently he's uh, Khabib's eldest uh, cousin. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, it says eldest competing. God damn, how many cousins you have where you got? You clarify, is it eldest? He's the eldest one that's competing. Eldest on the mother's Jesus. side with the longest hair. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? But yeah, DeSantos, I mean, he's no slouch either. But the thing is, he hasn't fought since October uh, of 2021. So, it you know, I, I but, you know, I think uh, Narmaga Madoff is just going to be too much for him. There's everything you said. I mean, that's, he's just going to come in and smother him. Absolutely. And then we got these ones. Uh, Kareen Silva versus Ketlin Souza. All right, so Ketlin Souza, she's an Invicta FC flyweight champ. But, I mean, she only has two two fights in Invicta. And I want to make this point. Invicta, it used to be something watchable. It used mm. to have very, you know, hat, well, hat, decent fights over there. And, like, characters... Everybody from that Ultimate Fighter came over there. The UFC raided Invicta, and now they have things like people winning a belt after two fights. All right. Yikes. But anyway, Kareem Silva, she's on a six-fight win streak. Uh, every uh, one of her wins is a finish. Uh, she uh, she did beat a lady on a contender series that was 23-4, and four, and then won her UFC debut in the first round. So this uh, Kareem Silva... She might be one to watch, dude. Nine knockout, six submission win. Well, her last name's Silva. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last uh, last episode, I feel like we brought up the Tim Elliott thing that I told you about, how he was married to Gina Mazzani. And there's a photo of Kevin Kroom taking a photo of Gina with the daughter on the wedding day. And, like, she left Tim Elliott for that. Kevin Kroom, son of a bitch. Jeez. And then you find in the highlights for the Ultimate Fighter, the one guy that basically finishes the Roosevelt Roberts career was Kevin Kroom. Like, fuck. Yeah. I like And he didn't even acknowledge him. I mean, he said that he lost, he, he got finished by a, uh, what did he call him? He, call, he called him a, a, like a starter guy or something. Yeah, a new guy. Yeah. A newcomer. <laughs> yeah. Some random guy didn't even say his name. Yeah. Exactly. Disrespectful, but even the finish when you saw Roosevelt in the guillotine, he just walked away, like he looked defeated. I, you know what I mean, mentally, like it was all, it was gonna get to him at a certain point, and it obviously did. But I got high hopes for the dude, man. We we liked watching him, dude. Roosevelt was a problem. Yeah. He just if a motherfucker really commits, dude, they become different. Look at the fucking crochet boss. Where is he? Anyways, 
Tim Elliott versus Victor Altamarino. Uh, Tim Elliott, veteran, 19-12-1. Victor, newcomer, 12-2. and two, But your man's got hands. Victor's got some hands, man. And he's not afraid to be in the pocket. And I think Tim, dude, Tim throws like fucking Vanderlei Silva. <laughs> like, have you seen his punches from the waist? Like, because he's little, pop, 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 out. Like, that <laughs> shit is vicious. And he's not, I think Tim's in a different place now, guys. I think Tim's in a new place now. I think he's fighting differently now, right? All the shit. What? Like my wife, bro? <laughs> supposed to at, you're in a suit at my wedding, bitch, which means you're like a best man, bro. Everybody is you from now on. Everybody's you from now on. I only see your face across that fucking cage, dog. Imagine. Imagine Victor might be in real trouble, dude. Or you pull like a JP buys your life, your real outside life crumbles and you just continue to lose. <laughs> You hope not. I mean, Walt Harris and all that shit that happened. Did he come back on fire? <laughs> so, Anyways. yeah, man. Uh, both of these guys are uh, have, wouldn't say winning streaks, but Tim Elliott, he's won three of his last four. Uh, Victor Altabrino won six of his last seven. And, uh, dude, I, I, I can just picture, like, Elliott having up against the cage trying to get a takedown and do some ground and pound. And uh, Altarino stopping him. I, I I can just picture a lot of grappling on a cage. Altarino does have a 70-inch reach, where Elliot's got a 66-inch reach. Elliot's 36. And uh, so, dude, yeah, is it is Victor Altarino, is he going to get taken down and getting beat up? Or is he going to be able to, to, uh, to, to stop that and fucking counter and beat up on Tim Elliott? That's and, and then, yes. like you said, you do a whole another wrench into it. I never even thought about. It's the emotional thing. Is that is he gonna? Is that you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. what's the one place that we all wish we could have went when shit like that happened in did, our life? Did it break him down? Put me in a fight, bro. I need to put my head through yeah. somebody. You know what I mean? He could I'm be like that, or he could be like. Shit, he could be man. super. I, I don't. I don't give a shit about what happens to anything. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's the thing that they kept talking about with Walt Harris. It's like you had all that shit with the stepdaughter or whatever it had happened. And then so you start to sort of lean that way. It makes the betting on these fights that much more difficult because you're like, it's one on one, dude. But Tim's fighting a lot inside right now. There's so much out in his personal life. Like he shared that shit. That wasn't from a secret account. Somebody making fun of him. He shared it. Wow. We'll see. Jim Miller. Veteran Jim Miller, you man, you know so the goddamn see, name, man. bro. Let's go, Jim Miller all day long versus Jared Gordon. I mean, what a fight! This is gonna be so fun. Jim's gonna get punched so many times, because uh, you know what he does. That's that's Jim's style, and uh, it, it's gonna be a fun fight. It, it, to me, this is a fight for Jared Gordon where we get to learn for real. Should should you have uh, got that Patty Pimblet victory? Let's see. How versed are you? Because Jim's gonna test you everywhere. Damn, dude. Damn. So I basically wrote that down. I wrote, uh, was Flash just a flash in a pan? This is nice. when we find out. Yeah. Because he looked great against that fight against Patty the Batty. Yep. And uh, and I hate that fucking name. I, w I watched Neighborhood Wars the other day. Okay. And they had uh, him ringing somebody's fucking doorbell because his dog took a shit in their grass. And he's like, uh, hey there, can I... Uh, uh, get a napkin from you. I need to clean up my dog do. And the lady's wow. like, are you Patty to Patty? Yes, I am. Anyway. So, but, uh, yeah, man, I don't know where I went with that. Uh, Patty the Patty or Jar 
Dry Binks. <laughs> clean up dog shit is what he ought to be doing for a living. Misa, uh, clean up dog shit. All right, go ahead. Jim Miller with his 19 submission wins. Always dangerous. The man does not look like he's 39 lately. I mean, he's been looking good in there. Uh, so this this will be, you know, Jared Gordon is pretty inconsistent, really. But he did look great against it in that fight with uh, with Patty. And, you know, he was getting beat up against Bobby Green, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'd kind of forgotten about that. But, uh, yeah, man, this is... I would love to see Jim Miller, like, pull off another guillotine. It could happen. It could always happen with, with Jim Miller. Yeah, and when are they going to start respecting that? When are the commentators going to be like, one of the best guillotines in the history of MMA? Because when you're it this is. old, you're still pulling the motherfucker off where all these dudes are like, first defense on the ground, protect your neck from the guillotine. You know what I mean? And then yet all of you bitches are still getting tapped out. Get the fuck out of here. That squeeze has got to be nasty, like a tick bite. All right. <laughs> Uh, Alex Casarius versus Daniel P- Pineda. Uh, Casarius has won six of his last seven. You know, this is a guy I was not very high, uh, you know, back in the day in the UFC because it seemed like he would come in to fight to his Bruce, Bruce Leroy shit, throw some leg kicks, keep a distance, and or, you know, throw some head kicks, keep a distance, and then when he got hit in the face, it was all over with. But the mm-hmm. guy has been different. He's he's changed up. He's been looking good. Uh, Pin. Pineda, 37 years old. This guy's got, he's 28 and 14, nine knockouts, 19 submission wins. But he, he has been submitted three times himself. Uh, he's coming off a, a win over Tucker Lutz. Uh, but, you know, he would, did have a, uh, a no contest before. And then he was knocked out by Cub Swanson before then. Now, Cub Swanson, I don't want to compare his power to Alex Casarius. Obviously, to me, Cub Swanson has a lot more power, but age Cub Swanson to his age right now, they got to be pretty even, pretty close. So I don't know, man. I, I, I'm thinking Alex Casarius might take this thing. <laughs> He's 20 and 13. That's a pretty terrible record. But. Well, here's here's what I feel like failed Alex Casarius in his career. Okay, the man has always been gr- a great mover. The dude that his footwork is unmatched. The problem was is that was never used in his offense. Like, Izzy, Izzy has great footwork, and he uses it offensively. McGregor has great footwork, and he uses it offensively. You can have it and do it both ways. I think what Caceres has finally figured out, or his coach has figured out, is, hey, man, use that to strike, too. Be the snake. A viper. Bang, bang. In and out, bro. Those quick shots, those one-twos, and then back to where you were, that's a lot of damage. Especially if you're coming in as they're coming in, and you catch, it's over with. I mean, the kid's been, you know, toothpick thin since the beginning of his career, but that hasn't worked against him in any facet. He needs his quickness, his speed, everything that he possesses can make him a really dominant fighter, but is it too late? Are these guys more well aware? I mean, he's fighting a guy who's 37, so you got to say, hey, well, it's already too late for him. This is probably one of his last fights, I'd imagine. But at the same time, let's get it, man. Alex was so hyped about that last win, and it was it was victorious. Did he not finish the dude? He's a great. He's great on the ground. He's got long limbs. Everything about him sh- should you would assume would make him a. Yeah, he, he knocked out Julian. Thank you. And that's kick. fucked up. If you know Julian Arosa, you know that's tough. So Caceres is different. I think they finally said, let's utilize this movement that you've had, you've possessed since the beginning of your days, and do offensive things with it. Let's hit people with it. Let's move our head and come forward. Let's not move our head and back away. 
because it's been clear. I mean, how many times has Caceres been finished, right? Like, even with a record like that, I don't feel like they're finishes. It's more like he's outpointed because nobody can get to him, and then he's not offensive enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? He, he has been submitted seven times. Knocked out one. submissions. Fair oh, enough. Yeah, yeah. Cron Gracie, one of them. <laughs> Gross. All right, I'm done. <laughs> All right, yeah. main event time. Main event time. Uh, <laughs> Kai Car France versus Amir Albazi. Now, Amir Albazi, five knockouts, nine submissions. Uh, the guy is four and zero in the UFC. He's only lost one fight that was against Shorty Torres. Uh, he's won his last five. Uh, yeah, th- this guy. I, I think he's just gonna grind on uh, uh, France in, yeah. until he gets a decision win. That's yeah, how I, think, I see it. Uh, I think France is a guy that crumbles under the pressure. I think he's a guy that he will shine against somebody that doesn't really have a name. You know, he'll be the guy that definitely looks like the the more advanced fighter. But a guy like Amir, he's he's this is this is a man who's determined. This is a workhorse, and I think Kai Car France doesn't necessarily deserve another title shot. I mean, ten losses over here, guy. Go back down yeah. to the rankings. You know what I mean? This will be the first time if he loses in the UFC that that he lost in the UFC to a guy. Does not name Brandon because he's lost to Brandon Moreno twice and then Brandon Rollville. <laughs> wow, three losses. He's seven and three. Yeah, avoid any contract against a Brandon there, Kai. <laughs> but that's the show, guys. Check the show notes, subscribe, all that shit. Tell your friends. One of the greatest MMA podcasts to exist. That's what we do. Don't leave it to the judges ever. Fight!